Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. We got another huge episode for you. A wild, wild night, family fun night over there at New Smyrna Speedway this past weekend. A really good crowd, a lot of championship drama. Um, a few more champions have been crowned and just a good night overall. Of course, we're going to spend most of the show uh, recapping all of that for you. We have a very special guest who has called in to discuss some of that championship drama that went down. You're definitely going to want to listen to that after the first commercial break today. Um, also, we had NASCAR at Las Vegas, the first race of the round of eight, and our first driver is locked into the championship four at Phoenix. So we'll talk about that. We've got some around the state to look at, fantasy stuff, power rankings, all the good stuff, and we're going to try to get it to you so you can consume it and be ready to go for next weekend. We got a lot of big races coming up here. It's getting to that point of the year. Track championships are winding down. These big races are popping up all over the place. Um, New Smart will be off this weekend. They have motorcycle races going on, so if you're in town for bike week or that is your thing and you like the two-wheeled racing, um, you can head over to New Smart this weekend for the Sons of Speed. That is not my cup of tea. Um, thankfully I've been able to, uh, pick up a job this weekend over at Auburndale. Our good buddy, Mr. Steve Darling is going out of town. He's going to the Homestead race. So I'm going to fill in for Steve at Auburndale, get a chance to work with Bobby who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll have, uh, we'll definitely have some good content for next week's show as well. So with that said, like I say every week, buckle in, grab a beverage, uh, put the cruise control on, however you're listening to this thing, and let's jump into our recap. We're going to start with the Florida Southern Ground Pounder race because they wrapped up their 2023 championship at New Smyrna. They'll race again at Governor's Cup, but it is a non-point exhibition. Um, five wins in a row for Art Koonsman to end the season. Uh, he and... Hank Sanders have gotten together. They have the villain just screaming. Uh, between Art running the possum and the villain this year, he's been next to unstoppable in the villain, and that got him the, the championship this year. Over Toby Smith, who had a bit of a rough night, uh, blew a tire and ended up in the wall. It was good to see a, a good solid field of cars. They had nine of them. This division um, has started to find its uptick yet again and bringing out some really cool cars. We had a couple of new ones out there. Greg Newman was out there, and that is, um, I was unaware of this at the time because the night was so crazy, but that uh, is Ryan Newman's father. So he actually raced a ground pounder out there on Saturday night in that beautiful, I call it a coupe because it looks like a, a coupe from Bear Ridge up in Vermont, uh, but it was a beautiful car. Uh, Ron D'Alessandro had a great night going. Um, he was leading in Ed Nash's 9X machine or X9, whatever it is, um, out there leading, and I talked to him afterwards because he we had that first early caution and Ron pulled off, and he said, under caution, all of a sudden, it just started revving up to like 7,000 RPM. He's like, my foot was barely, you know, not even on the gas, and it just started acting up. He's like, I even turned the car off, turned it back on, and it just pegged at 7,000 RPM. It was like the, the throttle linkage or something was acting up or sticking or something like that, and so um, in order to save what is obviously a good piece. Uh, they pulled it in, and they'll try again at Governor's Cup. But it was nice to see Ron out front. I, I know Ron wants to get a win so bad. Um, he seemed 
dare I say, a little dejected on Saturday when I, I got to talk to him brief, briefly on our way out. Um, but I think it's a it's a good omen for he and that team. I mean, they've only been around, I say they, they've been around forever, but um, they've only had that car out there a couple of times. Hank Sanders drove it, um, Ed's driven it, and now Ron's getting a chance with it. And I think if um, they can just get it to cooperate, um, Art said they had something for him. So I'd love to see Art Koonsman and Ron D'Alessandro battle at the Governor's Cup. I think that's given us a good little storyline to follow going into Governor's Cup. But like I said, Art Koonsman picks up his fifth win in a row. Uh, this race was kind of topsy-turvy, a lot of attrition that allowed um, for some people to get some good finishes. Uh, Scott Cutter finished second, only other car on the lead lap, I believe. So that's a good night for Scott. And Billy Bellflower in the 14. I remember when I started working here, he's running around with the Superstock class every now and then and now has uh, brought out that beautiful, I think it's a 57 Chevy. Uh, it's, it, it's a Chevy. It's one of those old school Chevys. Beautiful car. And he finished in third. Scott Phobes was fourth. He keeps just plucking away at it, man. He's he's there. He's not the fastest car, but he usually finishes and gets a good run out of it. He was fourth with Greg Newman coming home in fifth, followed by Toby Smith, Ron D'Alessandro, Hank Sanders, and Jim Zebley, who was out there with the Zebley clan. Moving up, and I'm, I'm just going up the list here uh, before we bring in our guests. What I'm going to do is do the first four races, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll hear from our guest, and we'll cover the 50 lappers in segment two today. So a little bit different structure on the show with the guests that we had, um, which, again, you're going to want to stick around for. I think it's going to add some really good insight to what we saw in one of the championship races. Um, so on to the Bomber B division, another solid field of 13. Um, I was talking to Rusty today on the phone. We had a couple things to uh, to go over as some things are moving and shaking around at the Speedway. And uh, we got talking about the Bomber Bs and how like a year or two ago, it was one, two cars, maybe four cars on a good night. Now we're getting, you know, double digit cars without even having to think about it in there's a few more here and there that weren't even here. Like the Bromleys, uh, they they were celebrating. They weren't they weren't here. Um, you know, we've had some comers and goers this year. Uh, it's just good to see this division being a a solid division. I think next year it has potential to be even better. Um, pretty solid race here. Um, really, the the biggest thing that happened in this was Chase Simons, who won the heat race. He's trying to to pluck away at Frank Button's point lead. He's would need something really big to happen to Frank, and luckily Frank's issues this year have been minor, um, and he's been able to build up that nice point lead because Chase did win the heat race, but Frank finished second, so it was a one-point swing there. And then with a few laps to go, uh, I talked to Chase after the race and says probably one of the Pistons burnt up on him there towards the end, so they have some work to do to get the uh, 66 ready for the 28th. Um, still not locked up for the championship, but Frank would have to have like a catastrophe in practice. He basically needs, he's like Blake Clouser. He just needs to make it to the feature. Um, you know, unofficially, we'll, we'll look at the points here at the end of this thing and kind of double check that. But Frank's looking pretty good for the championship, but Chase Simons has had a great rookie year. He's going to win rookie of the year. He's had a great season. Um, if they had had it figured, Frank has had it figured out since speed weeks. Frank has been the model of consistency this year. Whereas Chase, he's new to racing. He had to get used to the car. They had to they had to get used to running. You know, the Simons are so used to modifieds. They had to get, you know, used to this Bomber B. And once they got it figured out, it was a different second half of the season. So um, all in all, not a lost season at all for Chase. Probably not going to win the title, but 
still a, a great start to a, a great young racer's career here, following in the footsteps of his father. But in this feature event, it was William Heinemann who took the victory. Another win for William. It's been feast or famine for William this year with his Bomber B. But he's, uh, you know, he won the Don Memorial race. He's won this one. He won the Armadillo. So all in all, it's been a good, you know, uh, partial season for William Hyman. He's kind of a part-time guy. who runs when and where he can and uh, made the most of it tonight, taking the victory over Frank Button in the 23. And then Frank's teammate, Jim Snyder. It was good to see Jim have a good run. They have struggled with getting those other 23 cars up to speed this year. So it was nice to see two of those cars in the top three. They were followed by Zach Curtis, who had a six-cylinder bone stock like flagpole race. It's the car he won the flagpole race with at Citrus County a week ago. He dragged out here, finished fourth, had some tire issues, but finished fourth. Um, Chase Simons was able to hang on to fifth. Sixth was Jason Scroverin. Tim Nichols finally had the car stay together for him and finished seventh. Chuck Rush, uh, he admitted he, he was disappointed with his night. He finished in eighth. Aaron Foy was ninth. And Chuck Brewer rounds out the top ten ahead of Skinny. Um, we're hoping to get Skinny back on the show here in a couple of weeks. And Joe Warner was 12th. Mike Dom finished 13th. Oil down the track. That was one of our, we had kind of a long delay after what had already been a pretty long night. Bomber A's were also in action. We had a solid field of cars and the Bomber A's settled their championship. We spent a lot of time last week talking about the drama that uh, came up with the Eddie Evans situation. And I just, I, I think I did a pretty good job explaining things and covering things. And again, not calling anybody out or blaming, pointing fingers on anybody. Um, I really just want to give kudos to Brandon Monroe and Eddie Evans for getting to the racetrack, forgetting about all the drama and running the race. Um, Eddie, given his frustration, was wanting to go elsewhere, uh, which I get it, but we tried to talk him into coming out because he was still alive for the championship, and he did come out. He was able to put it all behind him. No, I don't know if it's all behind him, but he was able to be the bigger man here, come try to win the championship. Unfortunately, his night did not go the way he hoped for. He broke out a couple of times, which, you know, good that the car is running good. It's just tough that um, it, it didn't go his way. Brandon Monroe is pretty much in control as far as the points go all night long. You could see Brandon kind of tiptoeing, making sure he didn't break out and um, just kind of points racing, just like Frank's kind of been doing in the Bomber Bees. So, like I said, uh, tough for Eddie. I was really hoping that he and Brandon could race it out mano y mano but that just wasn't the case. Um, so Brandon Monroe finishes in sixth, but wins the championship. And we had some new drivers up towards the front in the top five, which was pretty cool. Aaron Foy finally breaks through because we can still break through here. We can't break out. <laughs> Aaron Foy, he gets the win, finally gets uh, his first Bomber A win. And um, I was like, yeah, it's glad to do it, but it's it's tough. So this uh, this... Breakout rule with its its first season in the books, definitely controversial for sure. Um, I don't know if there's tweaks coming or not, but uh, I appreciate those that stuck it out. Um, like I've said many, many times, I get your frustrations with it. Definitely makes it entertaining for me being, a, being able to follow it all, but I still appreciate the grind. Good to have CJ Creech back. He was in second place. Uh, he didn't break out, so he's been away for a little bit. Um, but he had a good run, finished in second. Charles Frittle, got to thank Charles. 
he put up some extra cash for the Bomber A's, Bomber B's, and uh, Super Stocks, and uh, came up with a third place finish. So appreciate his efforts this season and his generosity and a good run for him on the podium. Joe Racine, he's been so good lately. Uh, he finished in the fourth position. Just another solid day for that driver who has improved immensely throughout the season. And Joe Sunday, uh, great to see Joe finish in the top five. He's had problems keeping that car under control. A couple of spin-outs during practice, but drove a great feature race and into the top five. And then Brandon Monroe with the sixth to secure the championship. Larry Masters was seventh. Kenny Coleman, good to see the station wagon back out there. He finished in the eighth spot. Eddie Evans was ninth. Caleb Jones, tenth after winning his first ever heat race earlier in the day. And then Lindsey Samian bringing up the field, but taking home Rookie of the Year honors. So uh, good night for the Samian family, all things considered. Speaking of the Samian family, let's talk real quick about the LKQ Superstocks. They had their finale. And this championship was pretty much locked up. It has been for about the last month. Blake Clouser looking to win Rookie of the Year. And he pretty much, like I said, he had the championship locked up. He just needed to be here tonight, and he got the job done. But it was the other Samian family, racing family member, Doug Samian, who took home the win in dominant fashion, won the heat in the feature. Only two races on this season for Doug as they've been, you know, working to get Lindsay up to speed and comfortable behind the wheel of a race car. And uh, Doug was able to drag the old super stock out of the weeds and put it in victory lane. It was... Uh, it was a fine race. I mean, it was clean and green. We had some of the top dogs go out. Jarrett Corpy brought his car back out. He didn't finish. Rich Clouser didn't finish. George Spears didn't finish. So um, definitely some crafty veterans that uh, would have been fun to see if they could hold uh, you know, hold their own with Doug on this night. Didn't get the chance. So Doug gets the win. Blake Clouser comes home second. Tyler Pernesti was third. Brandon Gaither fourth. George Spears fifth, followed by Jarrett Corpy and Rich Clouser. And again, Congratulations to Blake Clouser. Just one of the most dominating rookie seasons in the Superstock class we've ever seen. Um, again, wins Rookie of the Year and Champion. Definitely uh, hooking up with Gold Motorsports was the right move for Blake this year. As I know he's been doing some other racing uh, on off weekends. He's run some sportsman stuff. He's run some dirt stuff. So I'm really interested on where his career is going to take him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can schedule some time in the coming weeks, there's a lot of people I want to talk to about their seasons. And Blake is definitely on the list here. If we can get him on the show in the next month or so, I'd love to hear what's next for the youngster because either way, whether it's with us at new Smyrna or elsewhere, I'd like to follow along and see, because I think the, the uh, sky is the limit for that youngster there, given the family lineage and the talent we've seen out of him already. So congratulations to Blake Clouser and Brandon Monroe, and Art Koonsman. Those were our champions on the night. We still have one champion to discuss, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. I want to recap the 50-lap main events on the other side of our first commercial break here. But before we get to that, uh, shout-out to Big Gravy for winning a really fun spectator race. We had 16 spectator racers. I know when the five-lap dash went away that I kind of dashed some people's you know, hopes of doing this and uh, definitely some of those that were traveling from a long way because, you know, come all this way, you only get to do one lap. I can understand how that would be a little frustrating. Um, but it's good to see a good solid field. And I want to apologize to the fans or anyone that's watched the video. I struggled, man. I really struggled when it came to the spectator races. I was showing Tom after the races, 
um, when, when they sign in at the sheet, because they sign at the back gate and we're trying to keep things moving, they send me a picture. And bless Marilyn's heart, she does a great job to get me everybody. When we have late editions, she sends me an updated roster. Um, I'd be completely lost without it. But I'm up there on my phone and I got to zoom in and I got to zoom out and I got to move around and I got to look from the flag stand. I'm telling you, when they pull off the pits with the sheen of the lights, it's hard for me to tell. I, I thought the Camaro was was Casey Hawthorne's Mustang. And I, I appreciate the fans are like, that's a Camaro. That's a because honestly, the the angle that they pull out the pits, and I'm I'm making some excuses because I'm not very good with cars. Like I know the basic shapes of some of them, but I'm not a, you know, I, I'm a muscle car guy. I like, you know, the Challenger, I like the Mustang, um, those kind of things. But other than that, I really don't know. All the SUVs look the damn same, so I can't tell those. Um I, you know, I, I struggle with it. Uh, I was definitely a little bit off. I, I'll tell you, after the truck race, my brain was scrambled. I had quarter midgets on Friday. Um, just, I I was struggling, and I definitely goofed a few times. I just try to have fun with it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I go up in the flag stand. I considered staying in the booth this time to see if I could concentrate a little bit better, be a little more accurate with my calls. And I said, no. Going down to the flag stand for spectator races is one of my favorite things, even if I screw up. Um, and at this point, I've kind of made it a running joke that I'm going to screw up. I take the power away, you know. Um, I love the crowd reactions. When something happens uh, and the crowd goes crazy, I love – I can feel it behind me and I can hear them versus being in the booth where I can't hear much. Um and, you know, if I do make a cheesy joke and a couple of people chuckle, and some of them are very, very helpful when I screw up, they, they'll point out, hey, you know, that's not a Camaro, that's a Corvette, you dumbass, or that's a Challenger, not a Charger, even though I should know that, considering I jo- drove a Challenger for years. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just, it's crazy up there. I was showing Tom the the sign-in sheet and what I have to do to to try to figure it out. It gets easier in the next round, except when you have two identical crown Vicks um, spinning out in the same spot and confusing the hell out of you. Jeff Matheny, thank you for uh, messaging me and clearing all that up. Jeff Matheny was the winner in that first round, by the way, if you were there and wondering. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Big Gravy. The Mustang, Bill Graff, who spun out on the backstretch and saved it. That was the highlight of a lot of people's night, I'm sure. Um I got word that the SUV that went up against the Malibu that had like the uh, the zombie blood splatter on the front of it, that was um, uh, grandma versus granddaughter. So that was a cool little tidbit that I got after the fact. So, um, and you know, Tyler Vickery, Justin Otter, Holt, some of our regulars. Jay Bird had a good, he made it all the way to the finals and the, the, the Taurus. So it was fun. It was really fun. Sorry I screwed it up a little bit. Um, definitely... After after the spectator races, I was reeling the rest of the night. So I was whooped. I was beat. But damn, what an awesome family fun night uh, to see that crowd uh, and, and to have them be interactive, just to have the autograph session again. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I hope we can do more of that. It's definitely helpful when we can do this kind of stuff when the weather's not a million degrees. People aren't quite as uppity when, you know, we're not sweating our butts off. Um, But yeah, very good and successful night. So let's take our first commercial break here. And then we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk to our 2023 Ashley Holmes Jacks Pro Truck Champion, 
Richard Levance because he had an eventful day and he tells us all about it. And we get to learn a little bit more about Richard here on the other side of this break. Then we'll recap the 250 lappers and then we'll go into the third and final segment where we'll jam pack everything together and get out of here. So stay tuned. Richard Levance calls in on the other side. Hey everyone, we're going to take a few moments here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast. And we're excited to welcome in a brand new sponsor because we know it costs a lot of money to get to the track these days, whether it be your pit passes, your tires, your fuel, the parts you had to order just to get the car fixed. We know it's expensive. So we welcome on board the sponsorshipseminar.com. Now we just had JR Longley on the show just a couple episodes ago. We got to learn all about JR and his expertise on the sponsorship side of things. And that's where the seminar comes in handy. So visit the sponsorshipseminar.com. It's only $99. And you can watch the seminar. Heck, get your whole team together, get your friends together, have everybody pitch in, watch the seminar, and learn these new ways and strategies to help you reach out and get those local sponsorships on your car to help lessen the economic impacts of our racing hobby that we love so much. Again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com with J.R. Longley. You'll learn ways and strategies on how to reach out and find those hard-to-find sponsors. And you'll also learn how you can give back to them that'll hopefully create long-lasting relationships for years and years to come. Once again, that is the Sponsorship Seminar with J.R. Longley. We invite you to check out the sponsorshipseminar.com to see all that they have to offer. You can click through, you can watch the little preview video, and you can order the seminar where you'll get 36 hours of replay access. So you can watch it once, you can watch it a bunch of times in 36 hours, you can watch it by yourself. And then like I said, invite everybody over to the garage to work on the car and watch the seminar at the same time. JR has over 40 years of sponsorship knowledge and it's all available online for you at your fingertips for the first time. Once again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com. We would also like to thank American Auto Tires in Service located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body 
will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about 6 o'clock each day, and you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386-320-0267, and they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200, in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway. They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 E-Mod slash A-Mod, has been one of the dominant forces. So if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bull Ring at Auburndale and the big track over at the New Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. And again, if you'd like to come on board and become a sponsor or supporter of the show, we only charge $5 an episode, and you can do as many or as little episodes as you like. One episode, 100 episodes, you could do a season. It's completely up to you. You can sponsor a division. Whatever you'd like to do, we are open. Um, just message us here on the Race with Ryan Facebook page, or give us a call or text us at 321-356-2934, and we'll be happy to work with you. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and supporters. Now enjoy the rest of the show. All right, everybody, we welcome on the Racing with Ryan Hotline today, very special guest calling into the show, our 2023 Ashley Holmes Jacks Pro Truck Champion, Richard Levance. How's it going, Richard? It's going pretty good. I would say after the crazy day you had on Saturday that now you're probably getting to enjoy all of this after after the craziness. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there. Sunday and Monday were a little were a little um quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I could imagine around four o'clock Sunday morning and it was uh it was just kind of a quiet day. Well, but, after you know. after the dust settled and the mud stopped flying, we, congr- <laughs> we congratulate you on, on winning the, the championship. That was a nail biting finish. It was a nail biting race. Um I can only imagine how how stressful was Saturday? It was uh, it was challenging. Um, I've been involved in racing really my whole life. Um, my dad raced before I was born, and was a flagger at our local track as I was a kid growing up. So I used to fall asleep in grandstands uh, when I was three or four years old, um, watching him flag. So uh, to get the opportunity to to race at a place like New Smyrna. And uh, be involved in the points is something that meant the world to me. Yeah, and it's not an easy thing to win. Even if you make the commitment to make all the races, you still have to outrun the competition. And that's one of the things about this truck season is there was some really good competition between yourself, Becca, Richard, and and some of the other guys that even showed off. You know, showed up only yeah. a couple of times. You still had to beat some really good people week in and week out. 
Yeah, that's, you know, a big thing for me that, that helped me win really was the race that set everything up for me was last month. Yeah. Um, you know, Beckett had an issue and, um, I was, I was good that night. Truck was excellent. And, um, I could just drive around everybody and, uh, win and, you know, put myself in a good position where I had a little bit of a lead on her. So I could, I could give a little bit this race and, uh, still be okay. But, uh, her and her family are tough to beat. Yeah, they, they are been, some. They are great people and some great racers. Yeah, they've been doing it for a long time too. And wherever they show up, they're competitive. So you know, when when they're there, they're going to be on their game. Um, and then just some of the battles you had this year that that one race where you and Taylor Watson went door to door over the last couple laps. I mean, you've had a wild season to say the least. Yep, yep, and that's one of the reasons that it was nice for me to come there. Uh, you know, uh, 417 had closed the end of last season. So mm -hmm. that's down the street from me, literally about 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, for me to, to decide to come up there and race, it was, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge. It's about four and a half hours each way. And um, to get the people together to go and, and time and money and everything was a little bit of a challenge. But yeah, I, I love racing at tracks like that because you can race. You know, it's not a lot of bumping and banging. It's not people just driving over each other. It's racing. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm old school because I'm old. So uh, cool. I, uh, you know, I like racing without a lot of contact. You know, you assume there's going to be some there sooner or later, but you don't want to just, you know, banging is demolition derby. You know, and I, I would prefer to race. Yeah, we got a little more space to race in some of these uh, bull rings out there, which those bull rings yeah. are great too because you get that bumping and banging and in that kind they of are, action. But they are they present their own challenges and their own their own ups and downs. Um, you know, it's nothing it's nothing against anywhere else for sure. Right, right. But uh, for me to commit to racing this year financially was getting tougher and tougher to do, and um, trying not to not to enter into having to repair it a lot. Well, luckily, just more money. Luckily you made it like all but one lap without yeah. having major issues. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Cause li like I said, it was a wild race. I was doing math the whole time. My brain was scrambled because every time Becca would make a pass, I'd have to recalculate. Anytime you'd make a pass, it would close things up. And then yep. if you slip back and, and with Becca in the lead and then we're thinking about tiebreakers and you each would have had two wins. It was, it was insane to keep up with. And then we had some late race cautions. You got yourself in a good position uh, Daniel got by Becca. That gave you a little more cushion. You're coming off yep. the final corner in third, looking at the checkered flag, thinking about what you've just accomplished, and then all of a sudden you're backwards. What is going through your mind as you make contact with the inside wall just short of the finish line? Uh, my first thought is this is going to hurt. Yeah. Second thought is I hope I slide across the line because I knew there, I knew where I was. You know, I'm third, I'm right behind her, um, and the truck got, I had some problems with the truck Saturday night, it got really tight, and I, I couldn't get through the middle or off the corner at all, so I, I knew that um, he was catching me. Uh, you know, my spotter was right on top of it, and he's he's letting me know he's coming down the back stretch and he's under you in the corner, and, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm not, I'll race him off the corner, but I'm not going to fight with him because third or fourth doesn't really make or break me. 
Right. Uh, you know, so I come up off the corner and felt that bump and, you know, it just, it just lifted a truck and turned me and I'm like, well, there's no saving this thing. So I gassed it up to try and slow it down to not hit the wall so hard. And, uh, it helped a little, but once I got to that wet grass, it was, uh, it was a ride. Is there anything that you could do in that moment to make the truck keep rolling so that even if you make contact or after you hit, you know, after you make contact with the wall, that it'll keep going forward? No, it was, it was all just luck of the draw at that point. Um, I never did, I never did really hit the brakes much, um, cause I was in the gas till it hit the grass and you know, that's, uh, uh, literally a split second till, till it hit the wall. And at yeah. that point I'm like, let's keep rolling. You know, that was my hope at that point is I'm going to keep rolling and, and get across the line because I knew I had two spots I could give up. Um, but I knew guys were coming behind them. So I'm like, if I don't, if I don't get across the line here, I'm done. Yeah. That was my so, biggest fear. Cause you, you hit, you know, a couple hundred feet before the finish line and yeah. it either hits really hard and it just stops or it'll carry them off the wall and carry across the line. And thankfully that's what happened. But there was a split moment there where I was like, this is unbelievable. This cannot be happening. Like he's going to, I thought for a moment it was going to hit the wall and stop literally just short of the finish line. And it was going to cost you all your hard work this year. And that was, that was my fear at that point. Yeah. And then I, I, I feel like maybe the grass being a little bit wet allowed, you know, less friction and maybe kept the truck rolling. Cause it, yeah, it slid I, a little ways past the line even, you know, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the grass and the, and the water there was probably about three or four inches of water there right by the wall. Yeah. Um, and I think it just kept me just kind of floating along. I mean, you so, know, when, when I saw the truck cross and luckily the, the field had had enough time to spread out. So, you know, a couple guys, I think, you know, the 55 got by you, the 21 got by you, but you still finished yep. fifth and uh, you could have still lost another spot and been, been, you guys would have been tied and then we would have had to go to tiebreakers and thank God we didn't have to yeah. go pull in score yeah. sheets, but I didn't, I didn't have that discussion, but that thought was going on all week. If, if we tie, what are the tiebreakers? And I know, you know, I don't know what they are, but I'm thinking I have better finishes than her because she had the eighth with the flat tire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been a crew chief for a number of years and a, and a number of guys. So I'm working all those numbers and I'm like, well, I don't have anything worse than a fifth place. So I'm hoping the finishes are the next or the next tiebreaker, but who the heck knows? And, you know, at that point, I, I just kind of stopped worrying about it and said, I'm going to do what I do. And if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. You know, truth is, if I hadn't made it across the line and she won, she earned it. She deserves it. And uh, I'd have been happy for him. Yeah. I mean, you luckily, you, you had had such a good year. I just looked. You had, you know, you got five features in. You had five top fives. Uh, five yep. top tens, two wins, and when when Daniel got around Becca, and Daniel clearly had the the truck of the night, uh, yeah. that that gave you the tie break because you had two wins to her one win, and then it yep. would have been you know most second places, most thirds. We'd we'd go go on down the line until the the tie was broken. So that's right. what we would have had to done if she won the race and you guys were tied. We would have had to pull everything and go over it, which we had to do a few years ago with, between Becca and, and Jeffrey White, and that's how Becca won her championship. So it would have been mm -hmm. ironic, but. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't believe that the race was pretty good. It, it wasn't wild and crazy, but there was enough going on and positions changing and you kind of getting off to a rough start and qualifying. Just, 
it made for a really compelling race. And I, I know points racing is probably very stressful for you guys, but damn, it makes it exciting. Well, it's, it's, it's fun. We, we got there and, um, uh, Doug, my crew chief, he was, he was home. Um, his wife, wife had her baby eight weeks premature, oh, wow. uh, which he's doing very well. So that's, that's the important part, but he's still in the hospital. And uh, they're they're up there visiting them every day and trying to work and, and make everything work out. So you know, he uh, I never encouraged him to come to the track, and I wanted him to, you know, really to be with his family, and, and that that worked out great. But it left me um, without somebody to bounce bounce my my silly ideas off of. So uh, you know, I struggled a little bit, and I made a mistake or two during the night getting it set up and. About 20 laps in, I was in trouble. It was uh, really tight, middle off, and it, it just couldn't get back to the gas and couldn't do anything. Well, luckily, those, those restarts, me. yeah, the cautions helped big time because you made some yep. big moves on those restarts. I, I feel like you probably felt like that, that was your best shot to get a couple of positions, and you just hoped the momentum and the, the lines all worked out right, and they seemed to that, for you. you know, like you hear on Sunday all the time, you know, when caution comes out and the tires cool down, well, you know, the front tires were hot because I'm pushing and they cooled down. And that got me about 10, 12 laps after the cautions where the truck was decent. And then, you know, 42, 43, it started to get real tight again. And I knew I knew I was in trouble, but I was looking back and I had a chuck behind me. And then and then the 55 come up and I'm like, well, there's still I can only see two. And I'm only hearing two from from my spotter that are that are anywhere close. So I'm like. I'm okay. I just need to be smart about it. So, you know, yeah. I put myself in a position where I could get wrecked because I, I backed it up a little bit because it just was, it was just fighting me so hard that, you know, I knew the harder I tried, the worse it would get. Right. And the last thing you want to do is end up beating yourself, you know, get the truck out of yep. shape, put it in the wall, you know, really destroy yep. your tires or something like that. So you're, you're trying to race conservatively and then you think you got it and, and like I, like we talked about earlier, the contact. Did you speak with Palmer at all after it happened, or did you I, just kind of let it go? I have not spoken with him. I was um, not in a particularly good mood Saturday night. Yeah, I, we we uh, could tell. And and you know nothing nothing against anybody at all. That's right. that's who I am. I Heat am. The battle. I, I when I get upset, I tend to hold on to it a little bit. So um, I actually. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend, Chad Pierce. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everybody, most most everybody knows in the pits anyway. Certainly. Um, and Chad came over and, and uh, said, you know, he'd like to come over and talk to you. And I said, hey, you know, let's do it another night because, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to get into a discussion with him right now because I'm only going to get more upset. Yeah. Well, that's and it's not, not going to help the situation. I don't, you know, in in in. Full honesty, I don't feel like he had done it intentionally. Um, you know, I feel like he came off the corner trying to win, you know, trying to get third, you know, trying to beat me back to the line. And, and um, you know, he got he got into me and that was that, you know. Yeah, I would I would agree with you know, that. Now, obviously. They don't, they don't seem to be, uh, they park next to us every week or every race. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to be good people. They don't, they don't seem to be... Uh, the type that, that cause those types of problems. Um, the dad and the son both have been, you know, nothing but pleasant and courteous to me. And, uh, you know, so I don't, I think it was a mistake. I don't think it was intentional. 
Um, you know, I don't always, I won't lie, I don't always run right out to the wall coming off the corner. Um, my line can be a little bit lower than some of the other guys just because I feel comfortable running there. Mm-hmm. So if he was under the assumption I was driving farther out and I didn't, you know, that can happen. And, and you know, like I say, he come up off the corner and he clearly was, was trying to get third. So, you yeah. know, um, I mean, everything thrilled, but it is what it is. You know, if you want to be out there racing sooner or later, you're going to get wrecked. Absolutely. And, and everything that I saw, I mean, it happened so fast. If you, you know, you said you watched the videos. I mean, you hear my voice. I'm getting ready to call you to the lines of the champion, and then my voice goes up an octave because you're getting spun yeah. out. So it, it happened yeah. so fast, and it wasn't even like, oh, he's right on him. He could get him. He could. It just happened. So, yeah. and, and everything I've seen out of Palmer and those guys, I've never seen him drive, you know, over his head or dirty. So, like you said, a deal where eventually you're going to come together, come together with somebody, and that's that's it. You just got the raw end of the deal, but thankfully still slid across the line, win the championship. You've put a lot of effort into this year. I mean, just the travel to get here uh, from, you know, the beginning of the year at Speed Weeks where you ran into some problems and and had to regroup and come back out for the regular season. Um, I mean, it must, it just had to have taken a lot and the commitment to do it is something that I, I appreciate a lot. Um, you know, it's real easy to say, well, we'll go out every now and then, but for you to make the commitment to race for this championship in a crazy season like this, it just, uh, we, we really appreciate it. It's been fun to watch. And I uh, just want to give you the opportunity here tonight to know you got a lot of people um, that have helped you this year. Um, who would you like to thank for all of this? Well, not in order of importance by any stretch, but got to thank my wife. Um, truck was sold. Gentleman was coming to pick it up the next morning. And, I asked my wife if we could hold on to it a little longer. I, we had run the first week after speed weeks and we, that was a race that was shortened that night because oh, the, right. the weather was coming, coming and going. Yep. And, um, you know, we finished fifth and the truck was way better than that. Um, and I, I asked her if I could hold on to it for a little longer and we could try. And she supports me a hundred percent. That's more awesome. more than anybody has a right to be supported. So, um, and my daughter's standing there right next to her all the time. Um, she's tremendous. She she changes her work schedule. She goes, you know, she'll work and drive up on her own some Saturdays. Um, you know, they're they're just always there for me. That's awesome. Uh, yep, yep. I couldn't. I'm I'm a very lucky person. Um, That's the best support I, system right there. Yep, I got. Um, Doug Stevens, um, who's been tremendous this year. I've known him. I met him a couple of years ago at 417. He worked at the track a little bit and always told me, hey, if you ever need a hand, give me a call. And um, we talked some last year and, and worked a little bit with each other. And then when the track closed, he's like, hey, let's do it. And I was, you know, to have an extra pair of hands working on the truck all the time and him and I are both old modified guys. We're both from up north. We speak the same language. We look at this pretty much the same way. Um, and he's been just an amazing amount of help this year because I've I've never had a crew chief. I was a crew chief, and I drove as a kid. I raced go-karts as a kid and was pretty successful. And um, I've always been my crew chief. I've never had anybody that I would give that name to. And... Uh, 
about halfway through the season, I'm like, just so you know, you're my crew chief. He was stuck. And he was, you know, he was like, he said to me, of course, I was already doing that job anyway. I said, yeah, well, now you got the name to go with it. So, and then I have uh, my buddy Jordan Dahl, who's always there. He spots for me normally. I had a fill-in this weekend. My my longest friend in my life, we've been friends for over 30 years. He's down on vacation this week, and we've raced together for years. And uh, he came down and spotted for me. Um, but uh, Jordan, is a, Jordan is a good friend and is normally my spotter and is there for whatever I need. Um, so I've got them, and then I've got, you know, my sister uh, – my sister still lives up in Jersey and she flew down three times this year to, to come to the races. So, um, can't, can't imagine what, you know, what these people are doing to help me and support me. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm had an amazing group of people behind me. And then I got you guys at the track, you and I'm lost for the lady's name, the young lady that I always speak to at the track about renting a track and, Oh, Miss Holly. Stuff. Yep, yep. And uh, the tech guys, and uh, you know, um, Chad's mom and dad. You know, when they're not when they're not off camping somewhere on the weekend, right? Um, and then again, I'm not sure to name the older gentleman that, that runs everything for you guys. Rusty. 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 Yep. Yep, Rusty and uh, um, the owners. You know, the owners of the track for giving us a place to race. Yeah, you know, you know, I know things are they get hectic over there sometimes. But this is what we all do it for. It's moments like this. You know, at the end of the yep. year, when we see something like this happen, and to you yep. know, even tonight, learning more about the commitment that was made for you guys. I mean, it, it makes it all worth it at the end. Yeah. Well, and I got to thank. Uh, I spoke to uh, Chuck Hire today from uh, Ashley Holmes. And I uh, just wanted to reach out to him and thank him for all he does for the division because, uh, you know, it helps It helps to have more money in my pocket when I go home on Saturday night. Absolutely. I mean, so, every, every uh, little bit definitely helps, and he has helped make this truck division what it is right now. That's And that's, he talked to me when I was talking to him today. He says, you know, he says, honestly, he says, I kind of did it for my own benefit. He says, I hated racing with four or five trucks. Right. He said, so I, you know, I started sponsoring division and we're getting more trucks. You know, we had a couple, couple of races this year that were 17, 18 quarters. Uh, yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, no, that's, that's tremendous. You don't get that. You know, you, I haven't seen a truck race other than that, the couple of big $5,000 shows a couple of years ago that have had anywhere near that amount of trucks. Yeah. And it seems you know, like 13, this- 14 trucks. That's a, that's a big field. You know, I don't know if it's directly related, but it seems like there's been a boom in the truck series in all of Florida. I mean, you go to the the other tracks and they're pulling in, you know, ten to twelve they're, trucks a night too. So yeah, they're doing, they're doing good. Looking forward to going Saturday night to see uh, see that show. My truck is not in any condition to race, but I'm going to go up uh, to that other place and we'll uh, we'll see them race. They put on a good show up there. I'm probably probably going to go to the charity race if if everything works out. Yeah, charity race always sure. a good one. I'm I'm gonna be yep. at uh, I'll be at Auburndale this weekend calling it. So yep. if you see me, say hi, of course. Yeah, I'm sure I'll see you. I'll be walking Are around. Looking forward to that. But yeah, man, I mean what a what a crazy season. And I I, I know you kind of put a lot of eggs in the basket this year. What uh, now that everything's settled down and well, I guess you have some work to do, but 
What are yeah. what are the plans for the future for you, Richard? Um, right now, uh, as soon as the truck's fixed, it's it's going up for sale. Um, it's tough, people wise and money wise, to run um, that far away. Yeah. Um, you know, we leave here about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we go over to the closest Wawa to us. We fill up with gas, fill us up, and drive up there. And you know, we get there right around two when the gate opens, and we're there. We left the other night at eleven thirty, quarter to twelve, and got home about four o'clock in the morning. My goodness, it's like it's like touring every weekend, but going to the same track. <laughs> My goodness. Yep. Yep, and and I, you know, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not kidding. You know, I turned fifty-seven today, so I'm no kid. But um. It's, uh, you know, I don't mind it at all, but my daughter reschedules her work. My wife has to reschedule her work sometimes. Uh, you know, Doug, Doug gives up a whole weekend um, with his wife and now his wife and son, you know, because Sunday you're shot. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, I got up, I got up around that. noon on Sunday. And of course, I was a little banged up this week. But, you know, even when I'm not, I'm not good for much on a Sunday. Yeah, no, I feel that. And all I do is walk around. I'm not the one working on these things and driving them, but I totally relate to that. And, uh, yeah. you know. And I'm, listen, I'm not complaining. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to have a place to race. And uh, it's been great racing with everybody up there this year. Well, it's been it's been great having you. I, I'd love to see the success of somebody who actually makes the commitment to to travel because, like you said, it's it's tough. It's not easy for these guys. We're... Nobody's making money doing this. You got to choose to yep. to do it because you love it, and uh, yep. it all came together for you. And uh, even if you're not racing next year, or you know, you end up getting the bug later on down the road, make sure you you stop in and say hey every now and then. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping somebody will walk up to me and say hey, here's some money I can help you out. Well, there you go. Uh, if I could knock down, if I could knock down the the time, the travel, or the money, if I could knock down one of those. I could probably keep racing, but, um, you know, I, I don't ask a lot, you know, people a lot for money because it's, it's my habit. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily it's not drugs or alcohol, but it's, uh, you know, it ain't a great habit, you know, financially. So, uh, if somebody wants to give me money, I'm more than happy to take it. I've had a little bit of help this year and I appreciate it. Um, there are people that don't really, you know, they're doing it to help me. They're not doing it for sponsorship or anything. Um, it's just relationships I've made in the past, but yeah. it's, you know, it's a short-term commitment for this year. And, you know, it, uh, with tires and gas and, and the pick gate fees and stuff, it's, it's a rough way to, to, uh, make a living. Yeah. No kidding. If, uh, anybody listening to this wants a hot shoe in their vehicle, hit him up. I'm sure he'd uh, take you up on it. So, uh, Richard, again, thank you so much for racing with us this year and putting on a show for us and uh, taking some time on your birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, thanks thank for taking some time to come on the show. I appreciate it. I'm happy. I'm happy you asked me. It's uh, it's nice to try and help the sport that's given so much to me. You know, I'm, I'm 57 years old and I'm 57 years in the sport. That's so, that's how it should be, man. Yeah. Gotta, my, dad, my dad was a track champion at a place called Wall Stadium up in Jersey. Oh, for sure, love that place. Before before I was born, it's a great little so, racetrack. Yep, yep. It is a uh, it's a different kind of place. So got a lot of banking and a lot of guys who who uh, you know can be physical. It's like a it's a small New Smyrna with guardrails. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. It is. So. 
Well, yeah, buddy. I've been I've been around that place since I was born, and I raced all over New England as a kid with um, Jimmy Blewett's dad. Oh, nice. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, the first time I came to New Smyrna was 1981. We were going to run for the points that year, and I was a 13 year old kid that got out of school for for a week and to go to the racetrack nine nights in a row. So that's living the dream, right there. That's that's it, and that's you know that's what New Smyrna has always meant to me. Yes, sir. That's uh, Speed Week's best time of year, man. And uh, again, uh, enjoy that championship. I'm, I'm hoping it's starting to settle in now, starting to sink in, feel real. It, you know, it did really started to sink in today, especially with the way it happened. I'm glad you can enjoy it now. And uh, again, we we know it's your birthday, so we'll let you go. Enjoy some time with your family, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you over at the banquet. You will, and uh, unless I run into some kind of unexpected problem, you'll see me in November. Even better. I'll be, back, I'll be back trying to put another win up. Sounds like a plan. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time again, and congratulations on that championship. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our champion, Richard Levance, the number 99 pro truck, telling his story about how he got it done. You know, I want to thank Richard for taking time on his birthday to um, talk to us here on the podcast. What a great interview. What a great guy. I mean, the commitment he and his family made to travel some four hours. Uh, you know, I made that drive to 417 a couple times for the Bigley race. And yeah, that's not the most fun drive. And imagine doing that, then to come race and almost have the championship get uh, taken away from you on the final lap. I'm, I'm you know, no offense to Becca Monopoly and her family. Uh, if it had gone the other way, I would have liked to have Becca on here too. Um, but to that kind of effort in, Look, Becca's Beck and their family, they're from the Lakeland area. So they're making it a lot of effort to be here too. Um they've they've won a championship before and they came this close to duking it out with Richard. It was honestly championship drama is the best drama. And this race was so dramatic, had so many twists and turns. And um, you know, you heard it from Richard himself. It was very stressful. They they went full bore, you know, after not thinking they were going to run the whole thing. They went full bore into the championship and it almost slipped away and it didn't. So let's talk about this race. This was the Ashley Holmes Jacks championship 50 lapper. Um, now, there was the race at the uh, Freedom Factory and they had the same amount of trucks, give or take one, that we did. And good. I'm glad there's enough trucks in, excuse me, I'm glad there's enough trucks in theory to go around. Uh, but I like the way Rusty put it in the driver's meeting. He's like, hey, everybody loses here. When tracks do this kind of thing on top of each other, on, you know, on, on, given these circumstances, we took the opportunity of some of those drivers coming to race this 50-lapper with Ashley Holmes Jack's trucks, extended purse. And then the people that were racing with us, our loyal, you know, regulars, they missed out on an opportunity to go race Freedom Factory. This has been any other week, vice versa. Then, um, you know, they they could have done both or had the opportunity to do both. And I just really want to give a shout out to R13 that did come because I'm sure it's very enticing to go to the Freedom Factory where that you don't know what the next race is going to be there. So I um, appreciate our drivers that did show up. 13 ended up being a really good amount. Um, we had a little bit of attrition, but we had really, really good trucks. I mean, there's eight, eight, nine really good ones that had a shot at the win, but 
this race had that tr- uh, championship drama that I live for. I, I really, I, I was about to have to call up SRQ taxes to get some help with the math throughout the night because it was scrambling my damn brain, like I said. Um, but th- it all started in qualifying. Daniel Webster was in the 25 that Taylor Watson normally drives. Um, Webster was a very pleasant surprise. I told you guys the the big dogs would be here. Not to say that there weren't some at the other track, but you know, Daniel Webster, Beck Monopoly, Palmer Hag, Richard Levance, Cody Kaufman, Richard Griffiths, uh, Rodney Haddock, Jack Hall. Those are some good names. And uh, just, like I said, it all worked out. But anyways, Daniel Webster set fast time in qualifying with a big drum in qualifying. Becca Monopoly um, had an opportunity here. She was the first of the championship hopefuls, and we're going to call those, you know, your Becca Monopoly, Richard Griffiths, and um, Rich Levance. Those were your three championship hopefuls. Becca was the first one to qualify. She did not do too well. She was about fifth on the board for much of the qualifying session. Rich Levance comes out, and he goes seventh. And it's like, oh, oh, no. Not what he, because he's been so fast all year. And then Richard Griffiths, um, he was the last truck out. His transponder, like, fell off. So he had to, like, cool down and go out again. So I don't know if that hurt his time or not. But Becca Monopoly gained points in qualifying, and gained two points on Richard Levance. So it went from 10 points to eight points. And the field was big enough to where an eight-point gap could matter. You know, that's four positions, excuse me, four positions on the racetrack. And tiebreakers could have come down to it. The other crazy thing with qualifying is the invert was a five. So Becca started on the pole. Richard Levance and Richard Griffiths, missed the invert, so they had to start middle of the pack. So already advantage Becca. I think luckily for Richard Levance and Richard Griffiths, this race was 50 laps. If it was 25, ooh, man, we're, we're biting fingernails. Uh, Becca got out to a big lead. The first part of this race was pretty clean. Uh, we had a couple of trucks fall out early. But for the most part, everybody stayed on the lead lap and stayed out there on the racetrack. And Becca Monopoly had a big lead. And... Richard Levant started back in seventh and was around sixth for a lot of the race. And Becca's leading a lot of the race. They were tied. We're thinking, man, if nobody picks up any other positions, nothing changes here. We're going to go tiebreakers because that would have been a win two for Becca, tying Richard's two wins on the year. Like I said, it was mind boggling. And maybe some announcers wouldn't focus so much on the points and just let the race do its thing. But the race kind of got spread out. So the story was the points. Why should I care about this race that's strung out halfway through? Why should I even care right now? There was reason to care the entire race. And I know a lot of uh, that'll be reflected better if you go back and watch it on Speedway Video versus trying to hear what I'm saying lap by lap live. But it was a very intriguing race all the way through is my point. And then we had a caution. Chuck uh, Chuck Ayers went around and brought out a yellow. Then we had a rash of restarts and a rash of yellows. And so many times, Richard Levance got great restarts, and a subsequent yellow would come out, and no laps were complete. And he'd go back to it, then he'd do it again. And each time we had a restart like that, he was vulnerable. If the action happened in front of him, he could get stacked up, piled up. Thankfully, that didn't happen. And with these cautions, Daniel Webster was able to wrestle the lead away from Becca Monopoly, who gave Daniel Webster a run for his money. Becca and Daniel were the class of the field. Becca was the only one that could hang with Daniel until the very end. 
it's like Becca got right there with about five, six laps to go. And then Daniel got back up on the wheel and, and pulled away there towards the end. And Daniel Webster, I, I was shocked to learn this in victory lane. Um, I know he hasn't won since I've been there and it really hasn't been since the last couple of years that he has started racing with us more often. I know he's very involved with the sportsman series with, um, you know, his driver programs and this and that, but he's been racing with us a little bit more frequently. So I've gotten to see him race more often and see his success, especially this year. So I was surprised to learn I had figured he'd won because I, I knew he raced late models before I, I came into the game and raced all kinds of stuff so I figured before my time he had won somewhere I didn't know where when because we really don't have the best records at the track so a lot of what I know is from my experience and um, if anybody can point me in the direction of better records I'd love to, to have something to study on the off season. but anyways I digress from there. I learned that uh, Daniel Webster's first career New Smyrna Speedway win. That shocked me. I could believe it if he's like, oh, this is the first time we've ever won in a truck, but first time they've won, period. And um, luckily that race was early in the program, so he got to experience his first win in front of one of our better crowds of the season and uh, seemed genuinely happy to get this victory. Um, Becca Monopoly did finish second. And coming to the checkers, this is where things, as you already heard from Richard Levance, we we discussed it, but this is where things got wild. I mean, coming to the checkers, I'm, if you've listened to the video, I'm calling these guys as they race side by side off the corner. I'm getting ready to call. Hey, I was going to say, hey, look at this side by side for third now as, as Richard Levance going to come down and win the championship. And I go, hey, look, oh my God. And then Richard gets spun out. He hits the wall. And like we discussed it, thankfully, slid across the start-finish line in fifth, backwards. So Richard Levance wins the championship by two points backwards and wrecked across the start-finish line. If this happens a lap earlier, all that effort that we talked about, that time, the money, the travel, you know, not to say it was all not worth it, but it all would have gone out the window as far as the goal of winning the championship was concerned. And I, I just remember having the thought like, oh my God, he's going to hit the wall so hard and it's going to be like Richard Petty in that that Daytona 500 with Ian Pearson where Petty's car is spinning, looks like he's going to win it. It stalls and won't keep going and Pearson comes back and wins it. I thought we are going to have that kind of moment because you know Todd Hegg was coming, Cody Kaufman, Richard Griffiths, they're still all in the lead lap at this point. That would have put him back in eighth and that would have lost him the title. So sometimes you have to be good and lucky and... Richard was both on this night. I mean, his he admitted his truck wasn't where he, quite where he needed it to be, but he was still good. I mean, was going to get a, a third, maybe fourth. Maybe Palmer was going to wrestle third away from him in a photo finish cross line. I think that was the goal there. Uh, as we discussed, neither one of us believes anything intentional there from Palmer. Um, and I, I respect Richard for not escalating the situation because – I know when I went to interview him, I was so happy for him that he won the championship, but I also knew he's how awkward of a situation it is to do a championship interview when your truck is on the hook behind us going into victory lane on the hook, getting your victory lane championship photos with it hanging on the hook. It's not how anyone envisioned it. Uh, but again, I think he handled himself well. You could tell he was upset. I kept the interview short, um, but gave him his due. And I really appreciate that he took time to notice and thank the crowd as well because like I said, that crowd was really great. I think keep your racetrack tickets cheap. Put those butts in the seat. 
But anyways, uh, what what a race. What a way to end the championship season for the Ashley Holmes Jacks trucks. Two points, the difference between Richard LeVance and Becca Monopoly. Daniel Webster gets his first career win at New Smyrna. First truck win. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Webster the winner, Monopoly second, like we talked about. Palmer Hag was third. Chuck Ayers recovered from the spin about midway through to finish in fourth. Big thank you to Chuck and Ashley Holmes Jacks for boosting our truck series and I think helping to boost truck racing in Florida, period. Uh, Richard Levance, fifth, wins the championship. Todd Hag was sixth, seventh for Cody Kaufman. That, team, the, that team's been struggling with that truck, but still battled for a seventh, finished in the top half of the field. Ahead of Richard Griffiths in eighth, ninth was Rodney Haddock. Jack Hall, um, you know, I'm glad they were there. Jack told me he was just going to be more or less a starting park, but hell, he still got a top 10 out of it, so goes in the stat column. Uh, Dalton Smith was 11th, Don Duval 12th, and Dylan Reynolds still trying to work the kinks out of truck number eight. He came home in 13th. Daniel Webster did set fast time. Looks like the qualifying results got jacked up somehow, some way, so I got to go double-check that, but... Anyways, Daniel Webster, the fast qualifier. And that wrapped up the championship season for the Mod Mini. Still a handful of divisions to settle championships for. Um, Bomber Bs, we will settle those uh, in two weeks on the 28th. We will settle the Sportsman Championship on the 28th, along with the 602 Modified Championship. Other classes that will actually finish up at Governor's Cup include the Superlates, the Prolates, the open modifieds and the mod minis who ran their fifth of sixth races in their uh, 50 lap mod mini challenge series a field of nine not terrible pretty much what i expected um we were really hoping with this mod mini challenge series that it would pull some more traveling cars and we got a few of those for the first couple races at at red eye and world series which helped um but I, a lot of those cars that came, like I haven't even noticed those cars racing anywhere else either. So it's just tough. Mod minis are tough. We've, we've talked about Sean Bass and the 112 car at nauseum on this show. And we're at a point where we're, we all get along. And um, look, they pass tech every time. They're out there doing their thing. There are some people that think maybe some rule changes are in line to, to maybe that would help entice some others to come. I'm not saying that they need to be penalized in any way. Um but I would like to see more people feel like they have a shot when they come out here. If not to not just say, oh, we got to let somebody else win because, you know, participation trophies, woohoo. I just would like to see more people think they've got a shot when they come out here. And that is not a knock on anybody. But Sean Bass did get the win in dominating fashion. Set fast time. He's got a perfect score on the season already. He's won every fast time. He's won every single race and looking to go into Governor's Cup weekend and sweep the series. Uh, Shane Satoris gave him an honest run uh, out on the racetrack. He stayed on the tire tracks, put the pressure on, uh, was not able to get by him, and then unfortunately was DQ'd uh, intake, I believe, just as same kind of situation as Dylan Williams a couple weeks ago. I know different cars and all that different stuff, but intake got Shane. Um, I know they weren't too happy about it, but they're going to rebuild and come back for Governor's Cup and try again. So Sean Bass, the winner, that handed second to a returning Brad Blanton. John DeGeorge was third, fourth for Ernie Winton, and Mark Brote with a top five finish. Great to see the sixth car that could keep on keeping on, and he finished in fifth. Jared Zebley was sixth, Todd Latour seventh, eighth for Aaron Jackson, who got involved in one of the race's only dust-ups, and uh, Shane Satoris, unfortunately, 
The pizza man with the disqualification couldn't deliver the pizza in time, so no points, no money for them. So, um, you know, it was a very typical mod mini race. I think the mod minis are a really cool class. I love the advanced four cylinders. Um, I love the bodies. You know, every car looks different. There's a lot of craftsmanship that still goes into this class. You know, the sportsman mod minis and modifieds are about the only thing that you can work your body craftsmanship on anymore. You know, the, the, the stock divisions, those are all stock appearing. You know, you can do a few things with bumpers here and there, but you know, late models, all template cars. Um, I, I like seeing the craftsmanship. I like seeing each car have its own unique little things to it. It just, part of what makes the class fun. And they're, they're like, I know super mini late models, but in my eyes, they're like mini sportsmen. So, um, great class would just want to see, I don't know what the solution is. I think the six pack series or the mod mini challenge series is a better direction than what had been going on the last few years. A little bit less is more approach, less commitment to running the full thing. Um, the only downside of that is more time between races, but six pack series, um, you'll have five of those in the regular season and then uh, governor's cup. So no red eye, no speed weeks. So that should help, help the locals and help keep the drivers uh, involved and keep them racing a little bit more once every five weeks versus, you know, once every two months or so. So I think that'll help um, any races that happen for you guys at, you know, the six pack series at, at red eye or world series, those will be exhibitions. You can run them um, if you choose, but they won't be four points. So, Great little, uh, great little mod mini race. Sean Bass, like I said, he just continues to roll and continues to do their thing as they look to sweep the championship series during the Florida Governor's Cup. So that is a look back, a recap of what went down. Let's take a look at final points here. Um, I've got the trucks up here first. Richard Levance, the champion, like we mentioned, with two victories on the year, two points ahead of Becca Monopoly. Richard Griffiths, a really great effort this season. Another driver that comes from a long way to get here. Um, finished third, ran all the races. Um, definitely started strong. Looks like slipped a, a little bit at the end. Uh, but still a great year. Finished third. Dalton Smith was fourth in points. And fifth was Chuck Ayers. Um, and winning rookie of the year is Palmer Hag. Now going back and look for the super stock points here next. Blake Clouser, like we talked about, won the championship. Um... Nope, i got to refresh this here. Give me just a moment. Still showing me. There we go. 10-14 now. Blake Lazar wins the championship by 75 points. That's a full race over George Spears in the 23. Tyler Pernesti, the other rookie contender, finished third. Bobby Holly was not in attendance the other week. He still gets fourth in the points. And Justin Spears lent his car to um, Brandon Gaither and still going to hold on to fifth in the championship standings there. We talked about the trucks, Mon Minis, points uh, going into the Governor's Cup, a 42-point lead for Sean Bass with a perfect 375 on the year. John George second. Ernie Wynn, 84 points back. Aaron Jackson, the leading rookie, 90 points back. And David Russell, who was absent this week, 131 points behind. Looking at the Bomber A final championship standings here. Brandon Monroe does get the championship by 20 points over race winner Aaron Foy. Eddie Evans did slip down to third in points, 24 back, but still a great season for him. Two feature, two points counting feature wins for Eddie this year. Larry Masters was fourth, and Dustin Higdon, not in attendance, didn't want to battle for the championship. I think he went to Dunkin' Donuts to get jelly rolls 
and he finished fifth in the points regardless. And leading rookie for the Bomb Rays was Lindsey Samian. And then we'll talk about all these other classes when they finish up here. So let's look at the uh, ground pounders. Art Koonsman, your champion there by 22 over Toby Smith. Scott Phobes, 64 points back in third. Scott Cutter, fourth in point, 73 back. And then Eddie Freeman was able to hang on to the fifth place in the point standings. I'm not sure if they had any rookies. I'll have to check with Toby before the banquet on that. So um, that's your point update. That's your race rundown. That is a... Probably, in my opinion, one of the best, most successful, yet long and brain-scrambling Family Fun Nights ever. What a blast. What a what an awesome program Family Fun Nights are. I hope that continues for a long, long time. I'd like to see that kind of crowd become the norm. So hopefully we can find some ways to get there. I have ideas. Um, it all involves a little cheaper gate fare, I think, would, would go a long way. You know, maybe 15 bucks for the bigger show, uh, 10 bucks. Hell, even still do the early bird. Make it $2 off. I don't know. Uh, but lower the gates, get them in there, let them spend their money elsewhere once they once they get here so they can see the races. Looks good for the sponsors. Looks good in pictures and videos. Let's just put butts in the seats and keep racing thriving here. So, again, um, the 28th, 28th of uh, October, our finale, 100 laps for the Florida Sunbelt David Rogers Super Late Model Series. Uh, they'll go race five of six. Ryan Moore is going to be making the trip down, our first official entry for that, Brad May and the usual suspects will be there as well. But Ryan Moore, definitely making the trip down. I've been talking to him much of the afternoon. He's going to be here for that. And that'll be fun to have a, uh, a new driver making the trip down for that. And hopefully a host of others kind of testing up for Governor's Cup. Should be a fun way there. Should, should be a fun late model race there. Sportsman, a five-point battle for the championship going into the final race between Danny Fry and Travis Devendorf. That should be good. 602 Modifieds. And the Bomber Bees, where Frank Button looks to wrap up the championship. And Christopher Hatton and Tom Toronto will battle for the 602 championship. So more championship drama on the horizon in two weeks. Let's take our final commercial break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about the NASCAR race at Vegas quickly. Uh, I don't have much to say about it. Um, so we'll, we'll go over that. We'll do around the state power rankings. And we'll take a look at the racing with Ryan Fantasy League. And then we'll get out of here. Hey everyone, we want to take a few moments and thank some of our great sponsors here with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first anchor sponsors, 124 Welding and Fabrication. Of course, that is Ron D'Alessandro's company. He's been with us for the last couple of years, not only here on the show, but supporting local short track racing as well, and the Florida Southern Ground Pounders, and the 602 Modifieds that race over at New Smyrna. Uh, Ron, he's an all-around good guy, and he's very talented. Of course, he can handle all your welding and fabrication needs. But go to his Etsy store, check out Etsy.com, and search for 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can see some of the great items that he already has for sale. They make great gifts. If you got a birthday coming up or you want to plan ahead for Christmas and start getting some of that knocked out, check out what he already has to offer. Or you can get with him and have something custom made. We have our Racing with Ryan podcast studio emblem hanging up in the studio. It is a beautiful piece. Uh, Ron does great work. Um, also very good for, for trophies, for awards. I know he did the trophies for the ground pounders uh, a couple of years ago, and they're some of the coolest trophies I've ever seen. So, um, if you need anything like that done, maybe awards for a baseball team, uh, for a quarter midget, for anything like that, make sure you check out 124 welding and fabrication. Obviously, if you need something welded or fabbed, Ron is your man. Keep it local, keep it trusted. We wouldn't trust 
anybody else here on the Racing with Ryan podcast except Ron D'Alessandro. And again, we thank him for his support. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fabrication. Check out his Etsy store, etsy.com. Search for 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up and uh, see what he has to offer and purchase yours today. We'd also like to thank our friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also have a, a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. We'd also like to thank Doug Samian with Do All Lawn and Tree Services. He's come back on board as a supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast. So if you need anything done in your lawn or if you have any overgrown trees on your yard or lot, make sure you contact Doug Samian, get a hold of him, and he will take care of you. Again, big thank you to Doug Samian, big supporter of the show here, driver of the Zero Four Superstock. And if you'd like to become an anchor sponsor or a supporter of the show, just reach out to us here on the Facebook page or you can give us a call at 321-356-2934. an episode gets you on board. And now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final segment of the show. We're going to cram a lot into this and try to get through it quickly. So let's start with the South Point 400 from Las Vegas, the first race in the round of eight that will set the championship for for the NASCAR Cup Series season here in 2023. 
This race pretty much went exactly how I expected. Um, solid race, entertaining enough, uh, better than the Las Vegas race in the spring. I just, after qualifying on Saturday, I just had the feeling this was going to be a Kyle Larson kind of day, and it was. He led 133 laps. He's now over 1,000 laps led for the year. Uh, excuse me. And um, he won all the stages. And even when he wrecked, he didn't even wreck. He got loose big time coming off a of two and tail end of the tail end of the car slapped the wall and saved him. And he was down and out, recovered, still on the damn stage. I mean, just some days it's just your day. And I kind of had a, f- a feeling since Larson made it into the round of eight this year that he was going to win one of these three races. He won at Martinsville earlier this year. Won at Homestead last year. Was really good at Homestead and. Honestly, he's really good at Las Vegas, too. So this is like the round of Larson. I could see Larson sweeping all three of these races and making everybody else fight it out on points. So um, obviously hard to do. It's hard to sweep around. But Larson is, you know, you know how I feel about him. But uh, he's a hell of a wheel man and got it done on Sunday. Again, led about half the race. Led just, you know, dominated. It was A fun ending, though, Christopher Bell, once he got clear into second, about 10 to go, he needed a few more laps. It was, if the race had been, you know, 270 laps, 275 laps, it would have been a hell of a battle because Bell was closing fast. Larson's car was getting loose. Bell closed in on him, got right to the back bumper, did everything but turn him coming off turn number four to the checkers. So, again, the last few laps gave you that drama, gave you that excitement. Um, gave you that, ooh, maybe, 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 uh, didn't get him. Um, and Kyle Larson was able to hold off a hard charge and Christopher Bell to get the win. Uh, like I said, a, a solid race. The racing was okay. I think there was like 20 lead changes in this thing and a couple of incidents, nothing major, just minor incidents, mostly for tires going down or wheels coming off of cars. So I, I'm kind of looking, refreshing my memory here. And it seems like really no multi-car incidents, just minor things happening. Um, but again, the race just, it wasn't boring. It it wasn't, it was typical Las Vegas and Kyle Larson took advantage and got the win. He's going to be racing for the championship at Phoenix. Everybody says at this point, he can just coast to Phoenix. I, I see him winning Homestead next week or being in contention at least to win Homestead. And, you know, if he has track position at the end of Martinsville, then he could very well win Martinsville as well and, and put himself in Real good shape going into Phoenix. Um, you know, all he's got to do at Phoenix is outlast the other championship four guys, and he'll be champion for the second time. Um, you know, not not much spice to add to this one. The the real drama was the finish. Um, the rest of the drama is going to be watching who are the remaining drivers to get into the round of four. So let me go ahead and just kind of run down the finishing order for you. Good day for the playoff guys. Uh, We'll cover all that. Kyle Larson, of course, the winner, Christopher Bell. Second, Kyle Busch, the best of the non-playoff guys. And third, he had a quiet day, but was there when it mattered. Brad Kozlowski had a good day, led some laps, almost won stage two and finished fourth. Ross Chastain had a fast car all day and finished in fifth. Ryan Blaney finished sixth, was originally disqualified for a shock issue, and that was then rescinded after they took the car back and looked at it. I honestly have not had the time to read why it was rescinded. I don't really care. Um, But that saves Ryan Blaney's playoffs. I I don't agree with a call just being rescinded without an appeal. When NASCAR makes a call, normally teams have to go through 
this and that and that and this and this and that to get it back. And I don't know. I guess he didn't. So I, I guess it was just a mistake. I, I don't know. I, I need to look more into it. I'll talk more about it with the guys on the hot mic. There's always a, a reason to go listen to the hot mic. I can't know it slash cover it all. Uh, William Byron was seventh. Eighth for Tyler Reddick. Martin Truex Jr. ninth. Denny Hamlin 10th. And the worst of playoff drivers, Christopher Busher. Um, who lost a ton of points and didn't get any stage points and finished worth, worst out of the remaining championship drivers. Joe Logano, 12th. Bubba Wallace, 13th. 14th for Eric Almirola, 15th for Suarez. Notables down the list. Kevin Harvick, 16th. Um, you know, most of these, most of the guys down here you'd expect to be down here. Chase Elliott had a tough day. He's in the round of eight for the owner's championship, and he finished 32nd. Chase Briscoe is 33rd. Alex Bowman, 35th. He was... One of the bigger crashes, he got loose coming off the corner and walloped the wall a couple of times, and Carson Hosevar finished last when he lost a tire and crashed. So, um, playoff standings here real quick before we give this race a score to the power rankings. Kyle Larson locked in to the championship four. Then you have William Byron up by seven over uh, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. That would be your top, your final four if it ended now. Of course, it doesn't, so it doesn't matter. Then you have Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney and Chris Busher, 37 points back. So has some work to do, but a win and you're in keeps everybody alive. So my race score for this, I gave the racing a six. It was fine racing. It's just, it wasn't like, oh my God, that's the best racing I've ever seen. Uh, coming home, oh, coming home, the excitement, I gave it a seven. Uh, the finish of nine, I really liked the, the end. The last five laps got pretty exciting there with Christopher Bell closing in on everybody. Lead changes. With 20 lead changes on our metric here, that scores an 8. Enjoyment, I enjoyed the race. Uh, but like I said, not the best thing, not the worst thing, so I give it a 7. And it scores a solid 7.4. And that brings our season average to a 6.72. So we've been right about, uh, you know, this mid-6s for much of the year. So it's been a, it's been a fine year. So I'm going to move over now to the power rankings. And I've got the top 15 in the rankings as we get ready to go to Homestead. So let's take a look at this. Uh, starting from the bottom, in 15th place, dropping four spots with a tough day, is Chase Elliott. Uh, he'd moved up to 11th last week, the highest he's been all year, but he draws down to 15th. Kevin Harvick drops one spot to 14th. I'm sorry, moves... I'm sorry. I'm tired. Kevin Harvick moves up one spot to 14th, as does Bubba Wallace, up one spot to 13th. Joey Logano drops three spots to 12th. Uh, his run was just not inspiring, and I don't look for him to be good at homestead ross chastain up one spot to 11th after a top five run and then kyle bush up three spots uh with a third place finish he's up to 10th martin truex jr up one spot to ninth brad kosowski remains in eighth chris busher he drops three spots was fourth he is now seventh ryan blandy's going to move up one spot to sixth. tyler reddick moves up one spot to fifth Christopher Bell also moves up one spot to fourth. Denny Hamlin drops a spot to third because the guys in front of him had a better day. In second right now, William Byron. Uh, kind of a ho-hum day for William Byron. I picked him to be the winner, and he finished seventh and led a lap. But remember, he won this race back in the spring. But things change from you know race three to race 30, so... Um, William will be second, and Kyle Larson, obviously, with the win going into Homestead, he will be first in our power rankings. I think this is one of the easier power rankings I've done this year. It just seemed to flow 
And I don't know. I think those are right. If you don't think they're right, send me your rankings. I'd like to see what you think here on race. Uh, what are we? What is this? Race thirty three. Yeah, thirty three. That's crazy, man. What a what a season. It always feels like a grind, but it always you know you get to the championship and then it just just feels like it's so quick. So that's a quick recap of Las Vegas. Of course, going to Homestead this weekend. That's where uh, Steve from SRQ Taxes will be. Um, again, I'm going to take over for him at Auburndale this weekend. So I'm looking forward to getting back on the mic over there for the first time in a while, other than that impromptu night where I was going to hang out and Bobby threw a mic in my face and I took advantage. So work with Bobby, have some fun at Auburndale. Speaking of Auburndale, let's check what went down at the Auburndale Speedway this past Saturday night with our quick around the state. Um, nothing from Citrus. They rained out the full throttle event on Tuesday and ended up being beautiful. I doubt that event happens. It's unfortunate, but this is what it is. The call was made. So looking at the results, again, if you want more in-depth uh, race, you know, race analysis from these particular tracks, please make sure just go to their tracks or um, tune into the hot mic and get more information. Uh, but here's a rundown from the Pier Stocks. James Wright picking up another win over Jake Fitchner. Good to see the 49 car run well. Rebecca Catarelli was third, fourth for Ronnie Group. Tom Holmes was fifth, sixth for Brandon Love, and Craig Cuzone was DQ'd. Only seven cars for the Pure Stocks. That's unfortunate. Uh, the Sportsman ran a 50-lapper. Ten cars showed up, and it was Tim Sozio picking up the win. So a good, good day for right foot down with Sozio getting the Sportsman win and Webster getting the truck win at New Smyrna. Adam Briggs was second in the Sportsman event. Richie Anderson with a great run. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I had the... God damn it. I'm sorry. I had the the thing down. Brandon Morris won the sportsman race, no surprise, at Auburndale Speedway. Tim Sozzi was second, but still, like I said, uh, great day for RFT. Sozio second, Webster first. Adam Briggs was third, Richie Anderson, still a great run in fourth, and now on with the regular scheduled program that I don't screw up here. James Seawright was fifth, Richard Land was sixth, seventh for Kevin Macy. Cody Durham was eighth, ninth for LJ Grimm, and Kenny Yule who normally drives mod minis, rounding out your 10-car field. Brandon Morris was the fast qualifier as well. SRQ Texas mini stocks, good field here, 13. It's about what we've been having with our bombers lately. And Mike Engel back on top in the 17. I hear that there's something really cool in the works for that Mike Engel car down the road. Um, more news on that to come. Bill Witherington was second, TJ Cruz third. Jay Roberts came home fourth. Fifth was William Kearns. Greg Britt in sixth, Bragg in seventh, James Hare eighth, ninth for Virgil Andrews. Good to see Virgil back out there. Good run for him. Nick Finch rounding out the top ten. Heat race winners went to William Kern and Mike Ingle. Crown Vicks, how many of those did they have this week? As usual, big field. They had 18 show up. And the win went to Roger Blevins. Let me just make sure I've, I'm looking at that correctly. Yes, Roger Blevins, the winner. Wiley Horsley in second. Tyler Landis, good run in third. Zach Briggs was fourth, Jimmy McLeod fifth, James Bristol sixth, seventh for John Worthington, eighth for Michael Bauer, ninth for Ronnie Abney. Clay Cruz running out the top ten. Heat race winners were Wiley Horsley and Roger Blevins. Mini Cups were back in action, and they had a field of eight, not too bad. JCBB was the winner over Daisy Fuller and William Tipton. Heat race win went to Daisy Fuller. So it seemed like another good night at Auburndale. Um, again, can't wait to get back there this weekend. I think Speedway Videos will be out there with us. And um, we'll uh, put that all up there and 
We'll recap it next week. That'll be the, the main part of next week's show. Showtime Speedway was also in action for another event they ran. And I'm just going down their list here from my race pass. Street Stock feature win went to Mike Wedlick in car number 96. Casey Hall was second. Mark Nelson, third. Fourth was Thomas Meyer. Donovan Clause was in fifth. Their street stocks are like the pure stocks, by the way. Ford Oval, so Crown Vicks, they had a field of, well, they had 23 show up, three DNS, so 20 started. That's a good field of cars there. Dennis Wilson takes the win over Dustin Wilson. Joshua Ryan was third. Marty Neekins, fourth. Joey Foote, fifth. Sixth was Sean Moore. Jesse Astley, seventh. Eighth for Colin Carpenter. Rob Little, ninth and tenth for Bex, uh, Buckshot Mexner. Uh, let's see, your Ford figure eights. They ran figure eights here as well. They had 11 cars start that. Top three from that feature were Sean Moore, Robert Stoffel, and Joshua Ryan. They ran super mini lates or mod minis. Um, and Fallon Goolsby got his first win. Good to see Fallon with a good run in car number 27. Started 10th too, so it wasn't a, wasn't a fluke. Garrett Larson came home second. Jeff Firestone third. Jay Zolziak fourth. Mackie Mangold fifth. James Glover was 6th, 7th for Randy Lister. Dean Butram, 8th, ninth for Austin Ramsey. And Christian Larson was disqualified. Heat race wins went to Jay Zolziak and Jeff Firestone. They also ran their uh, AMOD division. Doug Miller got the win over Tom Zimmerman, Mark Nelson, Mike Meadows, and Brian Sglazy. Heat race win went to Doug Miller. So that was the night. Seemed like a fine show over there at Showtime. And again, for more information on... What went down? If you didn't watch the Hot Mic Live with us on Wednesday, go back and check it out on Facebook for more in-depth analysis with that. So I believe Showtime is off this week. I'm not sure what Citrus is doing. Uh, New Smyrna, uh, our stock cars are off, um, but they're running the Billy Lane Sons of Speed motorcycle event. Um, So if you're into motorcycles, New Smyrna is the place to be. If you're into race cars, I'd say go to Auburndale. So... Let me pull up the NASCAR Fantasy app, which has quickly become my daughter's favorite app to go into on my phone. So hopefully I didn't get signed out of there. She loves it because um, there's, they're sponsored by Geico, and the Geico Gecko is one of the sponsors on the bottom, and she thinks it's a frog, and she's learning the frog noises, and she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. So she spends time on my phone um, on the NASCAR app to find the frog, she also likes to play with my calculator, and I keep telling her to transfer those big numbers that she makes to my bank account. Anyway, enough. I digress. Um, let me take a look at the Racing with Ryan podcast Fantasy League, see how we did this week. I'll give you some fantasy advice for Homestead. Kyle Larson, just bet on Kyle Larson. Um, so let me take a look here. How did we fare at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway this week? Coming home with the win. John Ripley gets it with, uh, I believe that's John or Eric, uh, eight ball racing with 257 points, taking the win over Bob's Fords with 254, Staffordshire Motorsports third with 250, Bomber 93, John Gross 229. John's slipping here. We catch him. I'm not going to catch him because I had a horrible day. Uh, Bubba Wallace was fifth with 224. Pit Penguin sixth, Big Tempin Motorsports seventh, Richie Petty eighth. Ooh, I struggled in ninth with 183 ahead of King Penguin. I was ninth of the 10 people that set their lineup. So not good, not good. Let's go take a look at the standings here. Um, help if I was in the, the league standings. John Gross, Bomber 93, still leading it. He's got 6,115. Stafford Meyer, 
Motorsports, Staffordshire Motorsports with 6,093. So the lead right now is just 22 points with four races to go. And again, we're going to have uh, Ron D'Alessandro from 124 Welding and Fab commission a winner's championship plaque. So it's looking like John Gross or Staffordshire Motorsports going to take that home between the two of them. Bob's Forge, though, uh, you know, only about 80 points behind. So still has a shot. Uh, Steve Darling is in fourth. Big Tempo Motorsports is Timmy Walters. He's fifth. I'm in seventh behind Richie Petty and ahead of eight ball racing. So I'm still going to tough it out. I'm, I got 5,824 to 6,115. I have work to do, but we're only a couple hundred points, about 300 points separating the top seven here. So coming for you guys. Not going to let it go that easy. So let's do our fantasy picks here. And I believe that's all I got for you. Another uh, another great show here again. Thanks to uh, Rich Levance for calling in. It was great to hear his perspective and what when it's, it's easy to assume these kind of things when I do these um, analysis and recaps. So it's good to hear directly from him about his experiences on Saturday night and in his great racing season. Maybe we'll have him on another time down the road and kind of learn more about him. Cause like I said, he's been in racing. He's 57 years old, been in racing 57 years. So there's a lot more there. We'll get him back on someday, but I wanted to talk about that, that championship race. So going into Homestead, obviously you got to have Kyle Larson. Hopefully you've saved Kyle Larson for a pick or saved some money to bet on Kyle Larson. Another good bet this week would be Tyler Reddick. I also like William Byron this week. Um, he's won it at Homestead before. I think uh, Christopher Bell is going to be another good bet. So there's four good drivers right there. Um, the fifth driver is a little bit tougher. I, I like Martin Truex Jr. Again, I just feel like they're in this big funk and I can't figure it out, but I feel like they're going to break out of it. So those would be my five drivers that, you know, if I could just place chips on them immediately, I would. And then another driver, here's your wild card for the week. And this might surprise you a little bit, but I think the wild card this week is going to be Kevin Harvick. I just, I, I have this weird feeling it's the forever 400 in honor of Kevin Harvick. He's driving the old Budweiser, the red paint scheme that he won that the championship in um, his first year at Stuart Haas. I don't know. I could see some magic happen. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I could see him having a good run. So he'd be my wild card pick. And um, we'll see what's going to happen. Homestead to me, and I saved this part for the end of the show because I don't want to, I don't want to get ridiculed. But to me, Homestead is a bit overrated. Um, I know everybody loves it because the cars go ripping the high side. I was excited for the race last year, the new car. I really was. I, I think the only uh, Homestead race that I've been super like into and thought was an intense, awesome race was the year Truex held off Kyle Busch to win the championship. 2018, I believe, uh, 2017, 2018, whatever year it was that he, he won that in the 78 car. Cause they were just riding the high side inches away from the wall. Um, but it was a close battle and it was nail biting for the championship. That's about the only memorable homestead race for me. You know, there's been a couple side by side battles, the 2013 or the, the 2003 race when they repaved it and banked it was pretty cool. Um, the 2014 championship race was okay. Um, I don't know. I just, to me, Homestead is a one groove track and it's around the top. And if you can't pass on the bottom and you can't go around somebody, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's either you're an inch away from the wall or you're in the wall. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm hoping it's a great race. I'm hoping it delivers. There's, 
to me, every track in the schedule has the opportunity to deliver good moments and a good race. And it could just be a good race for the last 10 laps, but things could get wild. It could be wild at the middle of the race. could be super boring. Last year's race, the craziest thing that happened was when uh, Truex spun out on pit road and took himself out of contention for the win. So I don't know. I just, I think Homestead is overrated. Um, I know Steve's going, so I hope it's a great race and I hope it's a good experience for him. Um, I was more excited for Vegas. Martinsville is, it sucks with this new car. Phoenix is just ho-hum, even though it's the championship race. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's my hot take on Homestead and I hope I'm wrong. I hope it ends up being a good race. So anywho, that's what I have for you again. I'll be at the Auburndale Speedway this weekend to call the races with, uh, Bobby Rowland. With Steve going to Homestead, I'm going to take his place and looking forward to get back out there to Auburndale. Um, I might get out there a couple more times this year uh, just to, to watch and, and get some content for the show. Um, but again, a new Smyrna, man. We are off this weekend and we have our regular season finale with uh, Kids Trunk or Treating Costume Contest and the Super Late Model 100 on the 28th. A couple weeks off, Governor's Cup weekend, which is going to be awesome. Um, we've got the, the big leagues happening. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to that this year, guys. Um, then, uh, I, I'm going to try to get out to the Rudiment Memorial over at Volusia for my annual dirt pilgrimage and there's snowball derby and whatever else races we can get ourselves out to, whatever we can cover, we will bring it to you. We'll try to keep things going at least until Christmas time. It might take a, a week or two off there and uh, and come back and gear up for red eyes so all of that you have to look forward to again appreciate you guys' support the guests lately have been amazing i really appreciate those that have reached out and set up uh, interviews i appreciate those that have taken time to do the interviews uh, it's really helped uh, boost the podcast here lately and i'm looking forward to getting kenny back in here live in the studio and uh, i know he's got some uh, some stories to tell so You guys get out there, enjoy some great racing this weekend, and join us next week for another episode of the Racing with Flying Podcast. Talk to you then. Bye.